Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. With me back today is our Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up guys, good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, man, coming off a good weekend, Pastor Dan was in the house. What? Some craziness going on behind the scenes on Sunday, but uh, got it all done. We did. You know, so. Got her done. Most of which people have no idea, and that's the way it should be. That's the way so uh, when the team is rocking and things are going well, but so it was a good day. It was a good day. So glad you're uh, glad you're tuning in with us. If you're watching us live on Facebook, glad you're here. If you're listening on the podcast, appreciate you guys. If you have any, um, if you're watching us live on Facebook, drop any questions or comments in the in the comments, and maybe we'll try to answer them at the end. Um, if they're uh, good questions, so yeah. don't put nothing lame, and maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, nothing lame. Nothing Please. lame. We don't like lame. <laughs> yeah, so I know for those of you guys listening to the podcast, if you ever have any questions, anything uh, you want to talk about, questions you want us to answer, you know, on the next one or whatever, don't forget you can uh, you can tweet Justin and I, um, you know, at Brad Livingston underscore, at Justin Oswald underscore. Um, you know, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff too. So, uh, yeah, feel free to check it out. Um, or send us an email, follow up at transformationchurch.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So we'd love to. Twitter's the bomb now. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. I love Twitter. I know you do. I do. Every time. And Instagram. Every time Justin has like a free 20 minutes, I'm like, you scrolling through Twitter? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Staying caught up, bro. <laughs> I love it. Man, I, I started following on Twitter. There are some, first of all, one of the funniest things in the world is memes, right? I love, love memes. Right, we love memes. But but no, Twitter's got these anonymous accounts that are like... Um, oh, Christian satirists and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's some that are like, um, I can't think, like Fundamental Baptist mm-hmm. parody accounts. <laughs> and they're hilarious. <laughs> like, it's absolutely... Like, whoever's behind these is, is pure genius. It's comedic genius. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And it pokes fun, yeah. but it also pokes... They're poking fun at the fundamental Baptists that they're supposed, quote unquote, that right. they that they are, right. and in that they're poking fun at like Calvinists and stuff, yeah. and it's like, it's just hilarious. Yeah. It's absolutely, and then they show clips of like real sermons, but then oh, the hashtag man. is like, put that in your Calvinist pipe and smoke it, and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, it's 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 just it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and then stuff like that, and then of course there's politics and what's hap- happenings in the world. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. Some of those satire accounts are are pretty funny. What's funny is like you can tell they're ran by people that are from that are for real, like, that are like from so, that camp, you know. So remember back in the day, he hasn't been active. There used to be one called Celebrity Pastor. Yes, it absolute hilarity. Yeah. And then there's one I follow called Pastor Michael Scott from, and it's a picture of Michael <laughs> Scott from the office, you know, and it's uh, it's like if Michael Scott was a pastor. Oh no, hilarious. Yeah, it's it's. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Like, I don't know how, it's like, what a time to be alive. Like, <laughs> the internet is undefeated. What a time to be alive. Like, out of all the times in the world I could have lived, God chose now. During the during the time in, of the internet. In his sovereignty. He chose now. <laughs> and, and I'm thankful. I'm grateful. It's It's been good. Yep, so, uh, yeah, we come coming off a um, good weekend. Pastor Dan, uh, our founding pastor, was preaching this past Sunday, and um, 
you know, brought a, brought a, a powerful word, man, just uh, to, you know, at, at originally we thought he was going to be wrapping up the Dream Again series. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he's not. We're doing one more week of the Dream Again series. So oh. Super Bowl Sunday for us is actually going to be part of the Dream Again series. Oh, cool. So uh, we have which, one more. Which is this Sunday. This Sunday. Super Bowl. Yep. So we're going to have one more Dream Again thing and uh we're gonna be putting it out everywhere but don't forget if you are coming to transformation church you know super bowl sunday as always rock your gear yeah. whatever whatever swag you got you know so super bowl your favorite nfl team jersey and honestly you know just whatever jersey i'm really thinking about rocking a kobe jersey on sunday well i mean you know kind of gotta honor the man's life yeah you know? i'm really thinking about it so we'll see i don't have any jerseys yeah I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go to Walmart and get a um, airbrush shirt. <laughs> Remember the airbrush shirts? Remember that? Do they still do that at Walmart? Bro, what in the 1998? Did they still have the airbrush have no station idea, at Walmart? Bro. Remember I have that? No clue. Man, man, yeah. When people would, like put like their like what whatever what street they were from, uh, yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Golly, yeah, whatever. Wow. I'm gonna get one. You've taken me back to a moment. Yeah, I'm gonna get one. This. Kansas City Chiefs on the front, 49ers on the back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know what's funny is, like, that airbrush should be a thing soon. Like, we're in this, like, 80s thing. You know what I mean? Like, 80s. Uh, it's coming back around. Yeah. Maybe like the, the vibes and stuff right a, now. Might be a business opportunity. <laughs> Going to be an airbrusher? Well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do I know about it? It's spray painting a shirt. <laughs> So they just, uh, I, I, I'm, nah, yeah. that's not my, not my gig. But yeah, so uh, anyways, yeah, wear your stuff Sunday Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, wear your. I, yeah. I'm, I was thinking about it. You know, we'll see. I don't know. You I'm have a Kobe gonna, jersey, huh? I do. I gotta find it. I have a whole stack. What, what of jerseys. numbers on it? Eight. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So we'll we'll see, but nonetheless, and and uh, we've been um, kind of like, not kind of, we've been. Praying for, but you know this thing about this thing about Kobe Bryant's been a big deal. It has, you know, and it's like <laughs> the internet again, right? Like right, right. you know the the thing. I heard something very interesting. They were talking about the when when celebrities, you know, when tragedy happens to celebrities like this, right. you know, it always gets people. But it's like it's all it's only because they're well known, right? Sure. I mean, it, but it, it 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 reminds everyone. It reminds everyone of their kind of immor- immortality. Their right? mortality. That that, that, that's immortal. what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Not their, yeah, yeah right. uh, their mortality. That was that was kind of a, um, <laughs> but it, it just brings people together, you know. In that, and mm-hmm. and obviously he was, uh, you know, one of the greatest basketball players ever. And yep. and and you know, only being forty one, you got four kids, you got a wife. The whole thing's tragic, you yeah. know. Um, and one of his kids, one of his kids was was with him. him yeah. yeah. Um, but. Uh, it's it's but but someone posted you know I think I saw it on Facebook and I was like just stop like I get it yeah I get what you're saying but it was like it was a picture of Kobe it was like all the posts and all the stuff about him and he's done nothing for you then it was a picture of like military guys it's like but no oh, post God, about these stop guys it. Like, I, yeah okay and not that doesn't mean we're we're not honoring we, and talking about Kobe does not take away from what we how we sure, should should course. revere no, and, 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 res, and respect our, our service members and stuff but yeah. it's like 
like he just died. Like, can we? Yeah, is it all? No, it's, people, it's all right. It's like just stop. Yeah, people have you know that capitalization mentality. Like, let me capitalize on every opportunity to speak my whatever. But it's stupid. But nonetheless, I mean, um, but he's. It's like, and it's also there. I, I watched a little thing yesterday trying to figure out even like what happened. You know, there's there's some video going on supposedly of of actually seeing it. And like, yeah, 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 the whole thing. And um, he was really known for his helicopter, and he flew around in his helicopter a lot mm-hmm. um, in L.A. Like, because he yep. lived outside of LA, you know, into mm-hmm. the Staples Center and all that. But um, yeah, and there, I mean, not just him, but I mean, there was nine, yeah, there's like nine, nine other people, people or yeah, nine people on there, and, um, and uh, obviously, just you know, our sympathy, our heart goes out to all those families, all those that were impacted by it, you know. Um, it certainly is a a moment of mourning, you know, at least in the sports world. I mean, a lot of us, like, you know, some people don't care about sports. They don't give a crap, whatever. But, I mean, some of us, you know, I mean, some of us were glued to our TV for the NBA Finals, you know, Lake, Lakers and 76ers, you know, the Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, you know what I mean? Like, um, and the, you know, Shaq comes to – LA and and man just how crazy that was and um just that era I mean Kobe Bryant just a, he was a special player his tenacity his drive for the game all of those things were just super special and and so um you know and it is we were talking about that yesterday me Juwan and John were at lunch and uh, we were talking about just the idea of like you don't you don't necessarily I would never claim that Kobe Bryant has immortality but in your mind he kind of does like people that are on that level oh, and it's not because he's famous it's because of what he accomplished you know um and, and by accomplishment you become famous but it's just this idea that you just don't ever you know we don't think we we don't always process how short life can be for people like that and so for and, any of us but and just how truly you know. great he was in the sport i mean i was listening uh this morning he um kareem abdul jabbar was on yeah. it was one of the podcasts i was listening to from the news last night i think it was chris como on cnn mm-hmm. and he was on his show but um you know just talking about how you know kareem knew first met kobe in the early earlier mid 90s when he yep. was a kid yeah with his dad yep um and he said then you could t- you like and Kobe knew, like I want. Kobe said when he was a kid, like I want to be a basketball great. And Kareem was like, "Well, listen to your dad and yeah. uh, all this." But he's like, "You, he had it. You could see it, you know." Yeah, so, yeah. He just had. He had something different in him. But um, yeah, but sad. It is sad, you know. Um, that's why I was like, "Look, we, we can, we can honor two things at once. Like it's not yeah, a this or that, <laughs> you know." Yeah. But it was just like I saw the post. And I was like, "Oh, geez." Yeah. They were. They do. You know, most. You know, go back to the Enneagram, which we love, you know, which we we love, you know, uh, they, most athletes, people would be like, ah, oh, they're probably an eight. Like the type of personality it takes to be a professional athlete is most likely an eight. You could there's probably narrow it down to. There's the, threes and one tendencies too, but. Seven maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but there's a lot of eight stuff in there. And, uh, but some, I was watching an Enneagram thing and they were just talking about like Kobe Bryant's the epitome of an eight. Like I'm going to win. Uh-huh. Like and if you know, give me like he'll steal the ball from his own teammate, <laughs> you know I mean? like that, yeah. that kind of thing, like you know. My, especially like, like, like on Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. Like early two thousands, Kobe was a lot worse. You know, as he got older and matured, like you know, value of teammates and all that stuff. But even like I think there's even something special that I think we can all learn. One of the things I, I really respect about him. Not we're gonna do a whole podcast on Kobe, but nah. just talking about you know what's going on kind of in current events for a minute. But one of the things I love and I respect a lot about Kobe is, you know, he had ample opportunities to jump into other teams, do those things. Um, But he, like, he wanted to stay 
where he was at. Like he, you know, even though he had chances to leave, he stayed where he was. Like he stuck it out. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Like, I think there's a lot of, I think there's like something we can learn from that of not going to look for the next best. And he went through bad years in Los Angeles. Like the team was terrible on multiple occasions and he had every opportunity to jump ship. Um, but he didn't, he stuck it out, ends up winning, you know, a couple more. And, uh, I think there's just something to say about what it means to persevere where you're at instead of just looking for the next best thing feel like you could thrive. I could be better if I was just somewhere else. It's like, no, you would be a part of something bigger, but that doesn't mean you would be better. Right. You know, it's like, how about you just make yourself better? And he always had that mentality of like, I want to be the best I can be wherever, like no matter who's around me, you know, and I don't think there's something to that in his drive to make everyone that was around him better. You know, it was very Michael Jordan esque. Right. You know, like, um, you're going to play in this team. You're going to be the best version of you because that's what it takes to be a part of this team. I just think that there's something really special in that, especially in this culture where, you know, we just jump ship for the next great thing constantly. It's like, oh, I think we'd like to do that. Oh, I think I'd like to do that. I think I just like, how about you like make something great where you're at instead of chasing something great where you're not. Oh, I'm going to tweet that. Hold that's, on. That's tweetable. <laughs> that's tweetable. So, but anyways, yeah, so he's he was great. So the the sports world is in mourning. Obviously, we've been praying for, um, you know, I, I spent some time in prayer this morning for Kobe's family um, and the family of all of those that were on the helicopter too and all those that are impacted and just yeah. all that stuff. So um, I think it's very interesting to see how he influenced many players that are in the NBA right now. Like, you know, so, you know, LeBron James, you know, Trey Young, like these guys that LeBron James on the more on the tail end of his career, Trey Young on the very beginning of his, but Kobe had like this equal amount of influence on both of these guys. It's just something special. So, you know, but anyways, has nothing to do with what we talked about on Sunday. Not at all. Not even in the slightest bit. It but, hadn't happened yet on Sunday. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but, but nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no segue from what we were talking nope. about to what Pastor Dan preached on. But um, shut your mouth and listen. That's what Pastor Dan preached on. Yeah, shut, shut your down. mouth and listen. Um, and you know, Pastor Dan, uh, we've been setting up different times throughout um, this year that different people are going to be preaching. And so Pastor Dan's, you know, one of his weeks came up and he said, "Man, I, I really feel like God's put this on my heart. I want to share it." And it's like, all right, well, all right. you know, like <laughs> by all means, yeah. you know, um, you know. In Proverbs eighteen twenty one, he says the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat uh, will eat its fruit. And then he jumps over to eleven Hebrews eleven one says the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And then what we what we kind of see is he steps into the story of Zechariah, right? And and uh, where uh, Zechariah is given this promise, and then when he's given this promise. You know, he doesn't see how this promise could happen. Right. Like, that seems impossible. And so with his words, he kind of curses the very thing that God's trying to bless him with. And that really that was really the basic premise of what Pastor Dan was talking about on Sunday. It's this idea that so many times, like, we're cursing what we need God to bless. Right? So it's like we're speaking against, we're speaking ill will. Because we can't logically wrap our head around what God wants to do in our life, then we already cancel out what God is trying to do in our life. And, yeah. and, uh, and this idea behind, man, just shut up and listen. Like God's trying to do something. God's trying to speak to you, especially in this dream again series where a lot of people are like, all right, I mean, they're, they're grabbing a hold of moving forward. And I think so many of us, 
you know, and I think it's uh, interestingly enough, I think you've, you've been in this season a little bit over the last couple of years, so you can attest to it. Um, where so many, so many of us have experienced something over the last two, three, four, five years that because it didn't go the way we wanted it to go, you can very easily start to live in this stalemated position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> where it's like, man, I, I just, maybe you're waiting on something to resurface, like, or you just, you're, yeah. you're just in this, you know, what, what I call the paralysis of pain, you know, where, uh, you, you're just not, not moving. You don't know if you can move, don't know if you're going to move, like, you know, so you're just kind of stuck. And, um, because the circumstances don't look the way you thought they were going to look, it can be very easily to kind of settle in. Yeah. Well, especially if you're the type of person that likes to make things happen or you're a planner and it makes it almost worse. Yeah. You know, like yeah, no doubt. not only did it go the way you thought it would, it didn't go the way you planned for it to go. Sure. Like, you know, that's, that can be difficult. Um, which is why you almost, that's why I think things like, um, like the word resiliency has got to be important. You know, it's like perseverance, yeah. perseverance, you know, it's like, you know, things happen at the end of the day. I'm not in control of everything. Right. Sure. So it's like, you know, and, and you just, you just keep moving. You just, you adjust, you know, you pivot, yeah. whatever. It's like, I know that sounds like pivot. it's what <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's way simpler said than done. Sure. Um, and it's way easier to give that advice to someone than to just take it yourself. But, at the end of the day, it is true. Like, yeah, things don't go the way you want it to go. Yeah. But are you are you completely defeated, or you know, it's yeah. like for me, it's like if if that if that's what gets you down, if that's what defeats you, then you probably weren't meant to add that anyways. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I'm just like, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a winner. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna win. I'm a winner. Yeah. Like <laughs> winners win. <laughs> coach, coach, move the, move the Titans. I'm a winner. <laughs> I came here to win. Yeah, you know? I'm, a, I'm a winner. I'm I'm a three on the Enneagram, yeah, like yeah. a competitive achiever. Get like, out of the way. I'm I'm not only you know I'm a, I'm going to win. Um, That's it. Which define that however you want, you know. But right. but at the end of the day, um, yeah. So it, it's hard, it, but it is hard. But you're right. I mean, sometimes the very thing you're the very thing that maybe you're not even you're asking God for, but He promised you. Regardless if you ask for it or not, you just you know, and then and then yeah. you will speak. You know the things you speak are contrary to the things that need to happen to get to the promise. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. or it's almost like, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. If in a right. kind of analogy, you know, it's like maybe you're on the right way, but everything you're doing just is not helping you get there right you know or it's not the right thing you know yeah and i think it's all centered around this like i think it's all centered around a theological crisis you know it's like i I think far too many of us believe that we how we got to where we are was way more of us than it actually was and way less of god than we give him credit for that's good so we live in this theological crisis of of not being you know, the reality of who we are and who we're not hasn't truly set in. And so when God tells us he's going to do something or when we feel like there's a dream or what, whenever he's doing something that looks contrary to what, how we feel like it should be going, it triggers this theological crisis in our brains and in our hearts a little bit. And, um, and we're like, well, that, that's, that can never happen. It's like, oh, okay. So you're going to like, you know, we're back to Job again. Like, where were you? Right. (laughs) You know, like, when I created the foundations of the world, like, you know, and, and, uh, I think God has to oftentimes have that conversation 
with us a little bit, even when it comes to like the, you know, the dream again series and, and dreaming. And because I think that so many of us going back to what we're talking about have gotten stuck in our paralysis because of our pain, you know what I mean? Because of our circumstances, because of our, uh, uh, at whatever we've gone through and it just keeps us in this place. And like God, you know, God either wants to complete the thing that you are currently in that's not finished yet, or sometimes he's ready to do a new thing. And if we're so gripped to the old thing that didn't pan out the way we wanted it to, didn't go the way we wanted it to, and we're still concentrating on how bad that hurt, um, and even a even if you will, like a spiritual PTSD type mentality of like how stressful and how hurtful that was. I don't want to do anything because what if something bad happens again? Like if you live in that place, then you're really limiting you know, what God is going to do in and through your life, you know, and you don't want to do, you, like, you don't want to be in that space. Well, not only, yeah, 100%. And then you mentioned a second ago, like people jumping and going into doing, you know, so quick to, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like, uh, you apply that to things like even relationships or marriages, right? Yep, like people, yep. people are so quick to, it, you know, you, you get a few years down the road in your marriage and it's not the fairy tale that, you concocted in your brain of marriage is supposed to be anyways. Man, listen. And then, and then it's, well, I'm, I'm out I, and, and dip out like it's, and it's like, wait a second. It's like, it's the whole, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it type, type yes. thing, you know? Yes. A hundred percent. So it's, it's, it's like that is, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think, and, and in that analogy, I think about how many, how many times in it say marriage, Right that it's so commercialized in our American society and movies and the right. fairy tale weddings that, you know, especially young girls are, are kind of outrageous raised in, but it's like, sometimes it's, it's, it's not even an accurate picture of marriage. Right. And so when it, when it doesn't go to that picture in your head, it's like, well, this isn't the fairy tale I was promised or I thought. And it's like, well, you really weren't even promised that. Like yeah, right, you right. watched a movie right, 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 <laughs> and, right. and somehow yeah. convinced yourself that's marriage. Yeah. It's like, um, and they're just so quick to jump ship. And then if, if it happens in marriages, it surely happens in things like friendships or even <laughs> in careers. Like, oh, it's, doubt. I mean, if you can't, if you're not even going to be loyal to your spouse, you didn't going to be loyal to the job you work at. Man, nah, listen. bro, you out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing is like there's no value and there's we've lost the value of you know of of the pursuit uh what I what I would call the continued pursuit, you know. Uh, we've fallen in love, we've fallen so in love with like this idea of instant gratification and and moving on to the next thing so quickly and it's like yeah, but there like there's actually value to you know, uh, to sticking it out where you're at, you know, we're, we're kind of ahead of ourselves, but you know, the next series where we're going to be dealing with dating relationships and stuff like the reality is like my job wasn't to obtain my spouse, right? My job is to continue to fall more in love with my spouse as we're married. Like, you know, so it's like, okay, I got Ashley, like it's wraps. Yeah. It was fun. It's like, no, like I, you know, I need to continue to, to fall in love with her and, and, you know, pursue her the same way I date pursued her when I was trying to date her. Like I still have to pursue her like that. Um, otherwise you take it for granted, right. you know? Um, and that in all aspects of our life that God is trying to do something in, it's like, we don't, you don't just settle in. Like there should be a, you know, God wants to do more. Like there's a new thing for you. Like the, he wants to open up opportunity, like all those things. So we just have to keep moving. I think sometimes we just lose sight of that, you know, 100%. So, um, 
so yeah, I mean, in, in the story of Zechariah, like God gives him a promise and I have a son. How am I going to have a son? Like, how is that going to be possible? Uh, you know, and even his doubt, God just shuts his mouth. Yeah. I, yeah. You're done talking. Yes. <laughs> you know, that it. and, um, and, and in that, like God had to teach him a few things. And I think for a lot of people, God's God has to do that. You know, like you're done talking. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, going back to Job, like, where were you when I, you know, I'm done listening to you. It's so good. <laughs> I'm done listening to you. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, that's what we find ourselves in oftentimes. A lot of us find ourselves in those places where we, we're, we're talking ourselves out of, you know, blessing. If you were talking to ourselves out of opportunities or we're stalemated and we're not moving, you know, uh, and, and, and God's desire is to continue to help us dream again, continue to help us push, continue to help us keep going, you know? And so those things are uh, huge. So, well, then, and then it goes into the points like the promise that Zechariah had, and then you know, yep. he promised to have a son, but then it didn't look like he thought it would. I mean, yeah. Pastor Dan was talking about even you're going to call him John. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, that ain't my name, bro. Like, yeah, because traditionally in that space, you would name your son after you, especially as a as priest, a, as a priest. Yeah. right? Right? So yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, I'm, promise is coming true, but <laughs> right, what do you mean, John? Who's John? Who's John? Yeah. I don't know no John. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, he, and, and, you know, that's the, that's the thing that I think so many people don't realize, like for every promise, there's a problem. Yep. You know, and, which is what past, you know, point two for pastor and Sunday is like talking about the problem, you know, but for every promise, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I think so oftentimes we, we let our boat get rocked. You know, we, we get knocked off course when the problems show up. It's like, listen, just cause you got a promise, just cause God gave you a dream, just cause God told you you're going to do something doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems along the way. We live in a broken, sinful world where things go wrong. And you know what? That doesn't mean that God is any less holy or worthy of our praise or any of those things. He is still God. We just live in a broken, sinful world. And for everything that the Lord is going to do in your life, the enemy is going to create a plan to try to, to try to thwart that, to try to stop that, trying to come against that. And so there's always going to be uh, problems that coincide with our promises, but we just have to re- like, we have to know that when you go, when you go in knowing that the enemy is going to throw stuff at you, you're not shocked when he throws stuff at you, you know, and those things are important. That's it. You know? And so, um, uh, you know, even in the problem in verse 18 of, of uh, Luke chapter one, you know, he says like, how can I be sure of this? Like I'm old and my wife essentially he's like, I'm old dude. And my wife is old. You know, he didn't say, old. she just said, well, along in years. Yeah. <laughs> like, she old. Yeah. So he's like, we're both old. Like, how is this going to happen? It's like, so there's a problem, you know? Um, and so it's then like, it's like he gave up on the promise. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you missed the promise. Cause we old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so important. You know, it's like realizing again, it's a theological crisis when we assume that God has to do things within our understanding of how he should do things. Right. So it's like we, we, we force God to step into our space and it can only happen in a way that we could logically comprehend it. <laughs> right. Realizing that if, it, if we could logically comprehend it, it's no longer a miracle. If we can wrap our head around it, if we can explain it with science, now it's not a miracle anymore. And like God is still in the miracle working business. So like we have to put ourselves in that position of saying like, there is just things that, you know, what that's out of, that's out of my, uh, out of my, uh, what's it? Pay grade. (laughs) Pay grade. Yeah. 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 You're out of my pay grade. That's it. Yeah. You know, 
uh, Eli in the pipeline. He has like this common phrase, you know what I mean? He's like, that's on God. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, you know, that's up to him. That ain't none of my business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think for so many of us, like that's the state that we have to start living in a I'm little like, bit better. It's like, you know, that's on God. Like I'm going to do what God called me to do and it's going to work out. However he helps work it out. Like it just is what it is. And, and not letting our problems rob us from putting our attention on the promise, you know, whatever that means. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's having a family. Maybe it's getting married. Maybe it's keeping your marriage that maybe on the rocks. Maybe it's like, whatever, what is this promise that you're going after? Yeah. And knowing that there's going to be problems that step into that space of your promise and not letting it completely just send you over the edge or rock you to your core. You know, you got to stay faithful in that. And then that takes us to right. The prevention, Mm -hmm. you know, where, where God steps in and he's like, all right, now you're going to be silent, not able to speak until that, until it happens. Uh, because you didn't believe my words, which will come at the appointed time. And God's saying, no, like, no, I'm, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do, but because you're not in on this, like, I'm going to shut your mouth. Right. You about to listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stop talking and listen. (laughs) And I think that God does that to some of us sometimes. Like, you no, you're going to, now you're going to listen. Like I heard you now you're going to listen, you know? Um, but it's comical to me. Yeah. It's not comical when it happens to you. No, no, no. It's terrible <laughs> when it happens to you. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like God flexes, you know. Like, right, right, right. No, no, no. Yeah. You need to chill. Yeah. You need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we step into this and then, you know, um, he steps into pre- for the prevention so that he can give you the prize, you know, and that's what Pastor Nam was talking about. You know, ultimately, like, man, there is there is a prize. There is a fulfillment. There is, you know, the promise leads to the prize. And right. you, you're going to get that. There's going to be problems. And usually because of the problems, you're going to freak out. Therefore, he's going to have to step in with a prevention of preventing you from screwing it up like you usually do, like I usually do, like we all usually do. Um, he's going to have to step in and, and help in that arena um, so that he can put us in a position where we can receive the prize, right? Um, and so God, you know, God moves on his behalf, steps into that place and, and gives them a supernatural blessing, which is, you know, incredible. And so for so many of us, that's where we need to be. You know, maybe it's not a son, maybe it's not a child, but maybe again, like maybe it's, you know, God needing, you need God to help you redeem a marriage that seems lost or a relationship that seems too far gone. Maybe you need God to redeem, you know, this business idea that you've just given up on, right. you know, this entrepreneur goal that you were aiming for. Maybe you need God to, you know, maybe you've just settled back into that depression and you need God to, you, know, you need to dream again about what life could be like when you're not living under this dark cloud all the time or yep. riddle with your anxiety. You know, maybe it's what, like there's so many different things that God wants to step into that space and, and help you dream again, help you see what life could be like again, like encourage your heart and help you move forward again. And, you know, that's, that's a promise, you know, but you can't let what looks like a problem in the midst of the promise cause you to get, to get so consumed by it that you aren't seeing how God could do it. You mm-hmm. know, you're just fixated on, on how he can't. Yeah. God's like, I'll do what I want. Like, I didn't, like, I'm not asking for your permission, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like shut your mouth and listen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking to the pipeline last night, you know, I was talking to the students. So we're, we were talking about a particular topic that hinges very severely on God's sovereignty, you know? And, um, and so in the midst of talking about that, you know, one of the conversations that we've been having is like this, the, this is important because you disciple people through the lens that you understand to be accurate theology. 
So whatever, you you disciple people to buy into the theology that you believe in yourself. Right, right, right. I was like, the reason we have so many heretics running around and so many people believe in it is because we have so many people that aren't discipled with accurate theology. Therefore, they'll buy into anything that looks glittery and shiny, you know, even if it's a complete... Gold flaky. Go- <laughs> whatever it is right like so so we uh will will buy into theology that is so clearly against the word of god and the thing is is just like with the enemy heresy is uh, heresy looks the same way the words of satan does it's rarely an outright lie it's just a variation of the truth that leads to a lie and for so many of us, the reason we need accurate theology and accurate understanding of who God is, a, a biblical, biblically and accurately defined version of who God is and how he exists in our lives, the reason we need that is because, number one, we need it for ourselves. Yep. So that when God steps into our space and says, hey, I'm giving you this promise, you're not like, well, I don't know. That's, you know. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, if God stepped in that space, he's sovereign over your life and he can do that. Like... So understanding that that can happen, but also then how you disciple other people when they're going through seasons of their life, you know, because God didn't just cause us, he didn't just call us to preach the gospel. He also called us to make disciples and you disciple people through the lens of theology you see through. And that's important because if we're discipling people and they step into a difficult space where they've gotten a promise, but they're encountering a problem and they're going, how could God be real if I'm having all these problems? It's like, like, have more faith. You know, he didn't say you would be exempt from troubles. Like he said, like you just have problems in the midst. We live in a sinful, broken world that he's still sovereign over. You're just experiencing difficulties and exactly. difficulties in the journey. Exactly. So, so it's just helpful to help people understand that. So, but yeah, that that's, was that's uh, a that's a interesting topic though. Yeah, you know how how you are people are being discipled yeah. based on your view of on you know, your theology, mm-hmm. which I don't think enough people pay attention to that. That was what one of the students said last night. That I even know. Like, I don't even know what yeah. that is. Yeah, one of our students said last night, she was like, how come more people aren't preaching on this? Like, how come more churches aren't talking about this? You know, one of the things we talked about is like, well, number one, I think some churches, some pastors just have bad theology. Like, they, they just don't know. Or, they, they don't know, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's, it's the same thing I said to them last week, not yesterday, but last week. I was like, you know, no theology is a theology. It's just a bad one. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and and what happens, I think, and I think we're experiencing that on some level. Mm-hmm. I say we like the leadership of our church, you yeah. know, but it's like because there's more and more talk of it, what healthy theology is, it forces you to point out bad theology, which you know it puts us in a place sometimes where even on even on the podcast, like it's like you know a particular person that maybe everyone knows from. TV knows their ministry. It's like, yeah, yeah but that that's a false teacher. That's a heretic. Yeah. We, but we're so careful not to you sing name their, names. You sing their worship songs. <laughs> we're so careful not to like name names. Right, right, right. And, but we've been kind of having this conversation behind closed doors. It's like at some point. At some point you got to call are, are it off for res- what it is. Are we responsible yeah. to, te- you know, to teach that? You know, it's like maybe not from the pulpit or something, but maybe. But, maybe on a podcast. Um, but it's, or it's, it's, I don't think it's something we should beat around the bush you know no. I mean, it came up in my um small group last week you know it, we we were talking about it a little bit like i was very you know like clear on my stance as far as what i think you know 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I think my encouragement to everyone else, you know, my encouragement to those who listen to the podcast, my encouragement to those that watch, you know, all those things is, is that you really, you have to, you, you need to pay close attention to the subtleties of conversation and, and teaching because just because they use the name of God doesn't mean they're representing the authority of God and the, the accuracy of God, you know, and those things are just so dangerous. Well, you know, and then you add in, you add in the mix and we've all run into it. I ran into it not too long ago talking kind of with a, with a friend, but it's like was so cautious to even entertain my, what I was saying for them to even think about it was so cautious because he's a man of God. I don't want to speak bad against a man of God. Like, but if he's but, a heretic, he's not he a man a, of God. Right, what just, I'm saying, just because he's got pastor in front of his name, don't mean he's a man right. of God. You know, it's like, and and it doesn't take away that everything. Because this person had a devotional book one time by this. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say his name. Sure, Kenneth Copeland. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> had a devotion, <laughs> but had a devotion. Straight up heretic, right? Had a devotional at one point years ago that right. really spoke to them when they were early on in their thing, you okay. know, in their walk. So. He holds a place in their heart because of this like devotional book, and I'm like, okay, I get that, and that doesn't take away anything God did in your life necessarily, right? Right? Like if God spoke to you through that, it doesn't mean everything that comes out of Kenneth Copeland's mouth is heresy, right? You know. However, <laughs> of right. you know, because the, the the debate was, we can't speak ill about a man of God like that, and I was saying, I agree, we can't speak about a man of God like that. He ain't one. Right. Well, and even, even I, I would, and I would even push back on that <laughs> to say like, but the Bible says to judge. Sure. Of course. To judge the teachers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. To determine whether or not what they're preaching is true. So I would act like, I would push back even on that statement, you know? Sure. And I was just making a point to the statement, you know, sure. it's like, yeah. but if, if they preach something that's contrary to God's true, God's word. Yeah. They're not. How can he be a man of God? Yeah. Um, heretic. He's a, he's a heretic. He's a false teacher. Yep. Um, all day long, you yeah. know, prosperity gospel, the whole deal. Just and then, yeah, that one's not even debatable just, for me. Just watch. Yeah. Just, just yeah. watch and listen. So some, some um, of the other people we've been, we've referenced even on today's podcast, <laughs> there's, there's space in there to say like, man, I really battle with this. But at the end of the day, like he's still a heretic, you know, I just don't know if he has malicious intent behind, behind his heresy. Whereas Kenneth Copeland, like his, he has one goal yeah, to make Kenneth Copeland rich. That's Kenneth Copeland has one goal. It's not to grow the kingdom. It's a grow a bank account. So it's yeah. like straight up heretic. If you're watching, he's a heretic. <laughs> he's a heretic. You can do whatever you want with that yeah. information. If you're listening to the podcast, heretic. A heretic. You can do whatever you want. You, False don't have, teacher. you don't have to like me, but I'm not going to not False. expose you to biblical truth. False teacher. False teacher. Shylin. Which means you have to look at who he associates. Like, who does he have on his shows? That's you rough. Know, that's that's like, hard. That's a that's a doozy. That's a hard one. You know, um, but yeah, I totally agree. So, all that to say, though, it's like, but because we've been trying to get some of our people through things like the leadership pipeline yep. in a place of healthy theology, yep. it forces pointing out, well, then that's unhealthy theology over there, yep. and like at some point calling it out, you know, yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what we talked about. You know, the young lady that asked last night, you know, she's like, well, how come we're not, you know, more teach, you know, more churches don't teach on this, whatever. I say it's, it's not easy, you know, um, it's not easy to, uh, to take people who are still on milk, you know, particularly on Sunday mornings, preaching from the pulpit. Like, you know, you, you kind of have some people that are still on milk to just try to steamroll with theology. People just, 
kind of be lost a little bit. Right. We still introduce theology. We just do it in a way that is palatable um, for everybody. Number one, I'm having theological conversations with people who have been saved for 40 years and are finding out things that they didn't know. So that's a first step that yep. I don't care how long you've been saved. It doesn't mean you've been accurately discipled, but genuine, accurate biblical theology. One, two, um, and, and but because of that doesn't mean you're not saved either. Right, right, right. No, no, right. No. That's what I mean. They are saved. Yeah, they yeah. just haven't been discipled right. with accurate theology. So there's that side of the coin. But then the flip side of it too is this idea um, that it's hard to do that on a Sunday morning, regardless if everyone in the room was saved and had been saved for 20 years. It's still it can be di- uh, the most the what we have bought into as a church. Our leadership structure is that the best way to make sure that accurate theology is moving through our church is to develop leaders with accurate theology that are in our small groups and serving on our teams Correct. and on our coaches. And as they encounter their small group leaders or the people in their small groups or their team members that they're serving alongside and they encounter something that they can disciple them in that moment based on that situation and then teach them who God is with accurate theology instead of, um, you know, instead of trying to home run it from the platform every week, you know, that's exactly not necessarily going to work out in our favor. Um, you know, we may, we, we may leave more people confused than helped. And that's not what we want either. <laughs> that's right. Cause that's we have a responsibility true. to those that are new in the faith too. So it's hard. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we're, I, I think we're getting there, you know, and I don't think, I think that's like an, it's an infinite game. Like you, there's, you know, you don't ever cross the finish line and be like, we are now, we have arrived ah, with accurate theology for our right. whole church. There's a know? whole new group of new people who walk through the doors along the way. Yeah. And this yeah. Sunday there will be a new group of people <laughs> right. that walk through, you know, so, uh, so yeah, no, totally. And that's why understanding who God is and who we are, who God is and who we're not. Those things are so important yeah. because even going back to the story of Zechariah, like it's so important to understand when God speaks into our life, like he doesn't need our permission. You know what I'm saying? Like if God steps into our world, um, you know, he's moving and that's, it's, it's a powerful thing when God does that. So yeah, that's good stuff. Been a good week. Good week. Getting ready for this week, Super Bowl Sunday. So come out. It's gonna be a good time wrapping up the dream again series and uh, it's gonna be fun. Come join us. No doubt. Here in Picola. Picola. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Justin, where can yep. they find more info on us? TransformationChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, at Transformation Pensacola. All right, guys. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.